Hello and welcome to Stories, the True and the Fictional. As you can tell from the slightly different style of music, this is going to be a slightly different style of episode. It's something we call Story Chat, where we sit down with an author, a filmmaker or any kind of storyteller really, and talk to them about their life and their work in a real fun and laid back way. So sit back, relax, unless you're going for a jog, then run faster. It's story time. You know what, Ryan, you take the intro this time. Oh wow, hello and welcome to Story Chat. <laughs> thank um, you, great to be here. <laughs> thank you for joining us. Um, this is this is our, our podcast where we like to have a chat with people and and get to know the stories behind the authors. And today we have Jim Riley. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Glad to be here and uh, hope we have a great conversation. I think we will. I think we will. So why don't we start by uh, you just giving us a bit of background on yourself. Just tell us who is Jim Riley and then we'll crack into our icebreaker questions. I'm uh, retired, uh, living in South Louisiana and uh, enjoy writing books. Excellent, excellent. Now that's 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 good. That's well. That's why we've got you here because you like writing and we like reading. And Jamie likes writing as well. So we want to help get authors out there and you know give a bit more awareness to to people's books because we need a lot more people reading. If you'd agree, awesome. Definitely. All right, Jamie. Do you want to take the first icebreaker question? Are you sure you want me to take the first one because you like the third one? Remember, I want to mix <laughs> things up. So yeah. Oh, you- okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jim, if you could get rid of one thing in the world, what would it be? Well, my first thoughts are anchovies and mosquitoes. <laughs> but, uh, after I eliminate those, I would get rid of partisan politics. Yep. Uh, I believe our leaders could do a whole lot better to serve the people of the countries instead of their parties. Yep. Yep. You and, you and Jamie will get along very well there. <laughs> quite passionate about that as well. <laughs> so, no, I definitely can't can't argue. I don't like anchovies. I don't like mosquitoes, and I don't like politicians. So you've won me over. Oh, great! <laughs> We're starting off on a good foot. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, well, as, as you mentioned, Jim, you are retired. But what's something on your bucket list that you'd like to do before you leave this earth? I would love to play golf with my sons again. I have bad knees. I need to get them replaced. And I want to show them the old man can still beat them on a golf course. <laughs> nice. Well, so that's that's clearly where all the sales from your books are going. Going to get you some new knees. Is that right? Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. Oh, all right. Now, this is the question that Ryan will judge you harshly on. Uh... <laughs> okay. <laughs> He says there's there's no wrong answer, but uh, there's wrong him... answers. There's wrong answers. Trust me. In your opinion, what is the greatest sitcom ever made? All in the family. They oh. came along. I'm, I'm a little older than you guys, and they came along here when uh, we needed an Archie Bunker. Mm-hmm. Things were getting too politically correct, and Archie showed us that uh, we can be ourselves. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I, I have heard of All in the Family. I've never watched it, but I mean, you know, that's, that's I, I just like it's a little bit before my time. But, yes, um, you're too young for that. <laughs> but no, anyway, look, that description to, takes, me, takes me right back. So I'd be happy to watch it. There so no judgment go. on that one. 
<laughs> All right, uh, Jim, have you thought much about a zombie apocalypse plant? I would go to the Chafalaya Basin. Uh, it's a swamp bigger than uh, Rhode Island, yeah. one of our smaller states. And uh, I would take my dog and my wife and, uh, and some books, probably in that order, and um, just stay there and live off the land. You know, that's, that's very interesting, Jim. You're our second guest that has mentioned what who, who he would take and mentioned his dog before his wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, so sometimes they're more loyal. <laughs> had another guest, Matthew, Matthew Holmes, who's an Australian filmmaker, and he said the exact same thing. He said, I grabbed my dog, then I grabbed my wife. <laughs> so it must be a popular choice. I understand that. I'm with him. I actually remember a time I was driving down down one of our freeways and we drove past a car and there was a man man driving, a dog in the front passenger seat and his wife in the back seat. Well, he has his priorities in order. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Probably off, off for the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Our final icebreaker question is, Mr. Elon Musk calls you up and offers you to test drive his new electric time machine. What do you do? Where do you go? I would accept the offer. I would go back to my childhood on Cane River with a cane pole and uh, a can of worms and just enjoy life. It was the best time I ever had. Very simple, very relaxing out in the country and uh, doesn't get much more peaceful than that. That's it. I guarantee if you could do that, you'd probably get a few more books under your belt out there. There you go. (laughs) Can't complain at all. No, that's very good. Everyone comes up and says, you know, like we want to go back to, you know, Wild West or we want to go forward to the future and stuff. But sometimes it's just good to revisit the the happy times, you know, especially in the current world we live in. Absolutely. The world is a uh, turmoil and uh, full of chaos and, that was serenity and peace and uh, wasn't very complicated. If no. you had a worm, you could fish. Exactly. And my, my, my dad lives out in a place similar sounding to, to that. He lives in a place called uh, Tea Gardens, which is up on the, uh, the northern coast of New South Wales. And, and that's what he lives across the road from the lake. And when I go and visit him, we get the fishing poles out. We go grab our fold-out chairs and just sit there and just talk you know, have a couple of drinks and hopefully catch some fish. Enjoy those moments while you can. They they won't be here forever. 100%. Like every time I feel like, you know, I live right in the heart of Sydney. So all hustle and bustle. And, you know, when, when things get a bit too much, I always just jump in the car, drive for a couple of hours and I can, you know, be refreshed for the next six months. You know what I mean? Gives you a whole new perspective on life, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. All right. No worries. Well, now we're going to talk, get into, I'm going to let Jamie take over for a bit. He's going to get into the reason we've got you on the podcast, which is to talk about your writing career. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Jamie, do you want to take the first questions? So yeah, the, the first thing that struck me was 50 books in four years. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. I was actually in a place where it was uh, not conducive to writing. I was in prison <laughs> and uh, I know neither one of you guys have ever been in prison, but it's not the most uh, pleasant place to be. Uh, 24-7, they're screaming, cursing, killings, uh, and basically mayhem. Mm-hmm. Uh, had no control over when I got up, when I went to bed, when I had my meds, when I got to eat, when I got to watch TV. Basically, somebody else controlled my life. 
but I made the decision I wanted to make the most of it. I'm not proud of going to prison, but I'm proud of what I did when I went there. And uh, we didn't have a computer. We didn't have even a typewriter. So I used uh, pens and yellow pads and wrote wow. over 50 novels while I was there. Wow. That's, your hand must have gotten very tired. <laughs> well, I found out that uh, ink pens do run dry. Uh, <laughs> wow. I, I went think, through a bunch of them. Well, we live in we live in, a, in an amazing world where we can just you know I'll just sit here and type and write and <laughs> wow that that is I, I I think that's the true definition of a dedicated author. Absolutely, and uh, you know there was no Google to go research uh, everything. <laughs> I had to go to the prison library and try to find, and that was not an easy task in itself. And uh, then with all the interruptions. Uh, it was very difficult, but I'm proud that I did it. And uh, I hope that other people will look at it as an inspiration that uh, when they get obstacles in their way, overcome them. It may be health, it may be family, job, financial, uh, whatever. We can overcome our obstacles and make the best of them and turn them into assets. Hmm. Totally, totally agree. I mean, you could have, you know, you could have just sat back and just did your time and just laid in your bunk and but you chose to do something worthwhile and meaningful so a lot of people that uh watched tv slept played cards uh got into mischief as you might imagine in prison and um and i wanted to spend my time productively and uh i'm glad i did i already have uh, over 30 of the books published and have a contract for the rest of them with the same publisher. And Mm -hmm. uh, it just turned in from, uh, I guess, from prison to published uh, journey. Well, that's it. It's kind of set you up for a career after, you know, after coming out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and again, yeah, it make, we all have to have a feeling of self-worth, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, in prison, there's not much of that. So uh, that gave me something to make me feel good about myself. Excellent. So were you you a a writer before you went in or was when you went and you decided to become a writer? I had written one book and it was awful. Uh, I was embarrassed. Uh, (laughs) It got published. I'm not sure how. And uh, since then, I've taken it off the market and I've rewritten it, re-edited it. And uh, it will soon be published again under a different title. And uh, it's going to be 10 times better than it was before. But uh, to say I was a writer might be a bit of a misnomer. <laughs> I, I was a hack. Yeah. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. you got to start somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I'm glad I did. You know, it's, uh, I feel like every book I write or rewrite, I get a little bit better at it. And it's, it's like uh, anything else we do. The more we do it, uh, the closer we get to uh, being good at it. I'm, I'm not good yet, but I'm working toward it. Hmm. No, that's good. And, and, you know, as with, every, with everything, you know, and they say practice makes perfect, and I'm sure that's the same for authors. Yes. You know, the, the more you write, the better you're going to get. Yes. And right. uh, some of the things that I didn't recognize were um, – bad habits now i do and uh and i can eliminate those from my writing uh i still fight 
the urge to be a passive writer and uh, instead of an active writer. And it's, uh, but I'm overcoming it. And, you know, sooner or later, I'll be good at this stuff. Oh, I'm sure you're quite good at it already, Jim. I mean, 50 books, come on, under your belt. <laughs> well, actually, the contract was for 59, and we added one more, so it turned out to be a 60-book contract. Oh, there you go. Uh, when they first offered it, I thought it was a joke. You know, nobody gets a 60-book contract, especially <laughs> someone with my abilities. And uh, I thought it was a joke, and uh, it turned out to be the best thing that's ever happened to me. Well, there you go. Next yeah. to my marriage, of course, and the birth of my kids. You forgot your dog in there. Remember, you moved your dog to the... Well, he's always at the top. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows he's number one. Oh, that's the way. That's the way it's <laughs> got to be. Um, so, okay, so 50 books in four years while you're in prison. Did you ever find it hard? I mean, did you ever find it hard to find material did you ever get writer's block did you ever have any any hiccups in terms of you know i've written so much i just don't know where to go now not really uh the way i write i'm a pantser i don't outline my stories i have a vague uh idea of a opening scene mm -hmm. and uh I, I start with that and then i've kind of let the characters take it from there and most of the time i don't know the ending before i get there and it's a surprise to me as it is to everybody else. And I kind of like it like that. You know, that's why it's called a mystery. We really don't know what the ending will be until we get there. Mm. And uh, I let the characters tell the story instead of me telling it. Well, I think that's, a, I think that's a, a very unique way to do it. We talk to a lot of authors who generally start with the ending when it comes to mysteries or, or you know, murder mysteries or, or just thrillers in general. And then they work backwards. So for you to do it that other way around, I think that's quite unique. And as you say, you you know, you get a bit of a surprise with the ending as as well as the readers will. Yeah, sometimes way too surprised. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I just I have a question spinning off that. Um, I, I've just just on your website now, having a look at all the different books that you've written. What would you say would be your favorite? If oh, you uh, murder in the Chafalaya. Okay. It's probably my favorite. Um, I really enjoy that because I grew up hunting and fishing in the Atchafalaya Basin. Yeah. And uh, that's that swamp that we mentioned before. Yeah, it was. And uh, I really enjoy the scenery. I enjoy the lush surroundings. I enjoy the uh, ecosystem there. And I think we had a little fun with the characters uh, playing off of each other. Uh, it's about a uh, young lady that's never been in South Louisiana. She grew up in West Texas. She gets lost in the swamp and uh, gets rescued. And the two go uh, on a crime fighting spree against a uh, uh, counterfeiting ring. Oh, and wow. it's uh, a lot of intrigue. The ending, I didn't see it coming, but uh, it turned out great. <laughs> oh, wow. So a lot, a lot of your books, are they set around... The Louisiana area? Uh, I have three different series. Uh, one is set around Baton Rouge, which is state capital, and I live right outside of Baton Rouge. Uh, one series, which the Chapalaya is, it's uh, set in Morgan City, which is right down on the, on the Marsh Coast. Yep. Um, the third series, the Evergreen series, is set in Southern Mississippi, where I lived for a, a few years. Okay, excellent. 
because it's, it's always good to write what you know. And I suppose, you know, it's that's why we get a lot of writers who actually, you know, will write in their, about their hometown and or make the settings in, in, you know, their home state or somewhere around there because I feel like you can get more of a sense of the writer as well because you're writing about what you know. Yeah, there's a lot of unique uh, customs and rights in South Louisiana. We have the crawfish and the boudin and the pastelaya and jambalaya. And, uh, we have a culture that uh, enjoys today and doesn't worry a whole lot about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, I think that comes through in the books. A lot of, most of my books mention food somewhere in them. <laughs> and uh, it's food unique to our culture down here. And we really enjoy it. Uh, I know y'all call crawfish by a different name over there, uh, down under. Uh, I watched uh, a few shows there, uh, people out in the uh, outback, mm-hmm. and they would catch them and they called them a different name, but they're still crawfish. Yeah. No, I've watched a lot of uh, a lot of I like a lot of American history shows and. Um, one of my favorite comedians, Billy Connolly. Are you familiar with Billy Connolly? No, I'm not. So he's a Scottish comedian. Um, he did he he drove uh, he did shows where he drove routes Route 66 and and did a lot of time in the southern states and some of the food and the stuff you, you guys have got down there. Oh, just <laughs> make, just makes me want to buy a plane ticket, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it would be well worth it. Oh, 100%. Uh, we know how to fix our cuisine in South Louisiana. <laughs> I guarantee if I came down there, I'd probably come back a lot heavier than what I am now. So I, I would guarantee that also. That's a bad thing. That's not necessarily. That's why I have bad. two bad knees. I've enjoyed too much of the cuisine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so as I said, I was checking out your website this morning. So obviously, your you know murder mysteries is your thing. Um, yes. So how, how, I mean, again, going back to the 50 books, how do you come up with all of your ideas like, and keep it so fresh? Uh, again, I, it seems like every time I start with the characters, they go a different direction. Okay. Yep. And uh, I, I, again, I let them kind of take it where they want to let it go. Yep. And uh, it surprises me sometimes. And uh, sometimes I bring in a new character that, uh, Adds a little spice to the situation, and and that always helps because I never know what the new character is going to say or do, and it just makes it a lot of fun. So when you're talking about, you know how you say, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. So do you just find, okay, you said you've got the opening scene. Yes. You bring new characters in. So you say, say, for example, you've got a character here. Okay, I'm going to make this character the protagonist of the book. And then you just let that character sort of take over you. I yes, do. I do. And I imagine how that character would act. I, I kind of base my characters on people I know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would uh, kind of try to guess how they would act in that situation. And, uh, and and sometimes they take the story a whole different direction than where I thought it was going. But that's okay. That's what makes it a good story because it's natural. There's a natural flow mm-hmm. because the characters are doing what comes naturally to them. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I agree. You know, if you and as I said, that gives you a better sense. That gives the, the reader a better sense of you, a better sense of your characters, because of the way way it's written. So, I'm looking forward. I believe to so. And and I enjoy writing that way. Uh, yeah. If I had to follow, well, I tried following outline on one book, and 
I made it through two paragraphs. <laughs> That's about as far as I got. You got to you got to do it the way that it works for you, and clearly it's working that way because of the amount yeah. of books you've written. So, you know, keep that up. I'm looking for. I'm actually going to grab a couple of your books after we talk. So I'm going to. Awesome. Yeah, looking forward to jumping into that. I try and I try and do that when we speak to an author. I try and grab a couple of their books, and I love reading. I read pretty much twenty four. I would read twenty four seven if I could. I'm with you. I love uh, and I, I loved uh, love the murder. Uh, mystery authors you know and uh john sanford and uh and Bedusi and those kind of guys uh they're just amazing i love their stories and uh, i love what they do excellent perfect well i'll definitely let you know how i go after i i i uh read a couple of your books okay i would suggest uh, murder in the chapalaya and yep. murder on spirit island excellent That's the first two in two different series and uh you can get a feel for the characters and Spirit Island. I introduced a uh, phenomenon down here called the Rougarou, which oh. is similar to a Yeti or a Bigfoot. Oh. And uh, th that's a local myth down here that a lot of people believe in. Yeah. Uh, probably 20% of South Louisiana Cages believe in Rougarous. Excellent. Well, I'm going to let Jamie take the next question. Well, while I go just on, on that, our, our, our version down under is we, we have Yowies. Hmm. Yowies, okay. <laughs> and and apparently, the myth is that they can twist their feet back the other way, so trick people. Like, so people think they're going that way, but they're actually going that way. They just turn their feet around. <laughs> but I always say, how can you be scared of something called a yowie? No, well, that no, because Ryan, the reason you say that is because in the early nineties, they turned it into yeah. a chocolate children's treat. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Well, so, yeah. roots aren't that talented, uh, yeah. but they can inhabit a human body for up to 30 days. So that makes them a little bit interesting. <laughs> just, just a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, so are you going to retire at 60 books or are you going to do another 60 books? <laughs> I already have ideas for at least another 60. Excellent. Uh, you know, if I could get to 500 before I pass on, I, I would love to. <laughs> Excellent. Now I'm just, I'm literally just buying two. those two books that you recommended on Amazon right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> live live shopping. Because I, I, I always look for something to read. And that's the, I, I feel like I'm cheating people when we're doing this podcast because it's just really me looking for more books to read and <laughs> conversations with the people who wrote them. So, uh, yeah. how long have you been doing the podcast? Uh, I think, well, we've been doing this. The the author's interviews probably about a year, Jamie. Do you reckon? Or? No, the in, no, because this is this is number fifteen or sixteen. So we've been doing um author interviews for about four months. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be super interesting. A hundred percent. Yeah. I've learned so much. I've got so many good books to read, and um, met so many interesting and amazing people. So it's been absolutely fantastic. Oh, I can see that. Hundred percent. We, we we haven't had one bad bad interview yet. No. Like it's just been like a track record because it's like I'm just so this is the first, huh? <laughs> no, no, no. This is this is my favorite so far. Uh... <laughs> right. um, so, do you have any uh, writing advice for any writers out there? Seeing as you've written so much, <laughs> whatever you decide to do, do it. Uh... Do something to achieve your goals every single day of the year. 
uh, it may not be much, but do something to get uh, to your goal. And don't let anything get in your way. If I can write during the chaos I was in, there's no excuse for a writer not to sit down and, and start jotting a few words on a piece of paper or in uh, Word or whatever text they want to use. But uh, just get after it. No, I agree. I honestly, we have so many people who say, look, don't, don't say that you're going to start writing and then, you know, take 20 years to write the book because then you're not writing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, you've got to stick to it and it's not going to be easy. You know what I mean? Like you have, like anything worth doing, it's not going to be easy. Absolutely. Yeah. If it was easy, there would be a kajillion of us. Exactly. Uh, but uh, I believe it's worth it when, you see that book come out and get released and people tell you they really enjoyed it. I had one friend or have a friend. He told me every book he reads puts him to sleep. And uh, <laughs> he read one of mine and he said he read it to the end. It hurt his eyes, but he read it. And that made me feel so good. Well, yeah. that's, that should be a blurb <laughs> on, your, on the back of the book. <laughs> the only book that didn't put my friend to sleep. <laughs> I think you do well. Now that's awesome. So, Jim, okay, before we let you go, what I want you to do is tell all of our listeners uh, where we can find your social media websites, where they can buy your books, um, so that we can obviously link to it and make sure we get a lot of people buying these books. Yeah, uh, any uh, outlet that sells the ebooks, uh, whether it be Apple or Amazon or uh, Goodreads or any of those, you can find my books. You can find them in a lot of the bookstore shelves. Mm -hmm. uh, my publisher just opened a distribution network in India and in China. Oh, wow. And, uh, they'll start being available there. Or they can always go to my website, uh, jimreilly.net, and uh, they can link to, uh, to those books there. Yeah, your website has all the links. I was just on it then um, to buy yes. those two books. It's got all the links. Uh, takes you to Amazon. You can obviously, yeah, that's there's, and there's look if you like if you like what Jim's doing, there's no shortage of it. So I think by the time you read all, probably written another sixty. There you go. I'm looking forward to it. And when I hit the uh, next sixty mark, I want uh, I'll give you guys a call. Oh, definitely. Come straight back on here. We'll promote the next sixty. Yeah. There you uh, go. <laughs> Um, yeah, but no, excellent. Look, I, as I said, I'm loving, I'm just about to get stuck into them today. Uh, absolutely loving the sounds of the books. So I'll make sure that I'm on Goodreads as well. So I always rate and review the books that I read. So I'll make sure, because I know that helps you guys out in terms of getting more eyes on the books. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that and um, getting stuck into it. Appreciate it, guys. And I uh, hope you guys get over that COVID down under. Oh, yeah. Thank we'll, we'll, you. When you've written your next 60 books, We'll still be going through the COVID. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk to you about that then. But um, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to have a chat with us today. Uh, it's been lovely meeting you. And um, yeah, hopefully you get another at least another 60 to 120 books out. <laughs> really enjoyed the conversation. Thank yeah. you very much. No thank problem. you. Take care.
Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to support Stories the True and the Fictional, you can do so by heading on over to buymeacoffee.com slash S-T-T-A-T-F. That's the acronym for Stories the True and the Fictional there. You can do a one-time donation or sign up for a monthly membership. Whatever you're comfortable with. With your support, we can keep this show up and running and bring you the awesome content we do every week. So if you can, head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash S-T-T-A-T-F. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of Stories, the True and the Fictional.